If you're a small business owner like me, and you need to hire quickly, I'd recommend you try Indeed. Indeed is a matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And according to Indeed's data, 93% of employers say Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Right now, our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash Hertz. That's Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. Back in college, I was a music major. And one of the requirements of my degree was that I had to take singing lessons. Out of every class I took, this was the most anxiety-inducing. Because while I was a good trumpet player, as a kid from Arkansas, I just couldn't get rid of the country twang in my singing. I was super nervous about it, and let's just say it didn't go that well. The only song I remember singing was You'll Never Walk Alone from the musical Carousel. And to this day, I still can't hear that song without cringing. But on the plus side, that experience did give me an appreciation for just how complex the human voice is. I'm fascinated by the ways that people can manipulate their voices to the point where they can make sounds that feel truly out of this world. Our producer, Martin Ostwick, is also a talented musician. So when he suggested that we make an episode about the extraordinary range of the human voice, it seemed like the perfect chance to give this topic the attention that it deserves. I'll let Martin take it from here. My love of audio all started out with my love of singing. I've been a singer-songwriter for probably about 20 years, but I've never formally studied singing. So I don't really understand how people make these incredible sounds with their voices. Like, what's the difference between head voice and chest voice? How high and how low can people sing? And most importantly, how does Mariah Carey do that whistling thing with her voice? I know enough to know that singing starts with the vocal cords. Our vocal system is really complicated, but imagine a big tube that comes up from your lungs. That's the trachea, or windpipe. The vocal cords are basically a pair of fleshy curtains, and they can close across that windpipe to stop things falling down into your lungs. Things like food, twigs, small birds. But these curtains are really flexible, and as they move in different ways, the air passing over them makes them vibrate which produces sound. At its absolutely most basic, there's really only four things that your vocal cords can do. That's vocal coach Matt Ramsey. They can stretch, they can thicken, they can open, and they can close. Everything we do with our voice, from whispering to screaming to singing, starts with some combination of these ingredients. But before that sound comes out of our mouths, it goes through something called the resonation system. And the resonation system is everything that's on top of the vocal cords, from the throat to your cheeks to your lips, tongue, and teeth. All of these things are creating resonance and kind of shaping the sound of the vocal cords. With enough control over these components, we can do some truly amazing things with our voices, like singing two notes at once. 
Here's a clip of a German singer named Anna Maria Heffeler. But before we can reach the outer limits of the vocal stratosphere, we need to start at ground level. First up is the chest voice. Chest voice is probably the most common terminology used for the lower range of the voice. Basically, the vocal cords, they're a little bit thicker and slacker. And so when we hear those low notes that Johnny Cash sings, Because you're mine, I walk the line. Or Amy Winehouse sings, Waiting for you in the hotel at night. Or Adele sings, I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me. Those are coming from the vocal cords vibrating a bit slower. Next up is head voice, which is basically the opposite of chest voice. And that just comes from the opposite vocal cord configuration. So in chest voice, the vocal cords are kind of thick and slack. But as you stretch them, it's going to vibrate faster, creating higher notes. So a fantastic example of this really full head voice sound that I'm talking about is the song Grenade by Bruno Mars. When he goes for that, I catch a grenade for you. Some other examples of head voice would be the higher notes of Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder. And Two Birds by Regina Spector. Another way that people hit those high notes is something called belting. It's a technique of singing loudly and powerfully in your upper register to the point where it can sometimes sound strained. Think John Lennon singing Twist and Shout. It just doesn't get any better than that. He's just screaming it out, basically. The legend goes that this was at the very, very end of their recording day, and John's voice was already shot, which is why there's so much kind of a rough quality, which we all love about this recording. Aside from belting, another way to add a bit of grit to your performance is with a so-called pharyngeal voice. It's what makes Axl Rose sound like Axl Rose. We think that pharyngeal voice was first discovered by choir singers before they allowed females to sing in the all-male papal choir. And so these choir directors were trying to figure out, man, how do I get these guys to sing higher? And so what they discovered was that there was this weird kind of like ugly voice, what they called the voce faringia, or the pharyngeal voice, or the throaty voice, which just kind of sounds like... But if you need to get even higher you may need falsetto. Whereas head voice, it's typically a fuller, rounder sound. Falsetto is a little bit thinner. It's just a little bit more hollow and kind of false sounding. When most people sing falsetto, the vocal cords never completely close. And since there's always a little bit of air coming through, it sounds breathier. So a great example of this kind of falsetto sound would be the song Reckoner by Radiohead. 
Some people say only men can sing falsetto, but Matt is not very impressed with that argument. Remember, falsetto is just a thinner closure of the vocal cords. And so these days, when we're seeing lots of modern female vocalists that are singing really breathy, I'm talking about Olivia Rodrigo. Do you get deja vu when she's with you? Do you get deja vu? I'm talking about Billie Eilish. I'm talking about Maggie Rogers. All of these female singers are singing very, very lightly throughout their range. And that falsetto is absolutely present there. At the very top of the vocal range is the whistle register. That's what Mariah Carey is using in tracks like Emotions. Whistle register isn't just limited to women. For instance, here's Adam Lopez using it in his song, O Sole Mio. The way that sound is produced is still a bit of a mystery. What scientists think is creating that is rather than the entire length of the vocal cords vibrating together, they think it's just maybe the very, very front portion. And since it's just a very, very small portion of vibrating mass, the frequencies that you get off of that are incredibly high. Whistle seems to be a bit easier for children. Part of that may be a cultural thing that as kids we're encouraged to kind of play with our voices a whole lot and we just go and explore all the lengths of the human range. Now, an interesting thing about Mariah Carey's whistle is that she talks about, in many interviews, about how she was able to discover that part of her voice, is that she was sick a lot as a kid. Here's Mariah Carey talking about being sick as a child on KBS in Korea. And when I would wake up, I would always be like, I couldn't speak, I won't sound like this. And then I would also be like, And I was in that range. And my mother was like, why are you talking like that? Like, what are you doing? And I was like... The whistle register takes us to the upper limit of the human voice. Brazilian singer Georgia Brown holds the Guinness record for the largest vocal range by a female. Here she is demonstrating her incredible upper range. Uh, If you have dogs in the house, maybe cover their ears. Now that we've reached the top of the vocal range, let's head down to the bottom. We're now entering the land of vocal fry. Vocal fry is basically the lowest vocal register in the voice. And whereas with chest voice, you know, the vocal cords are kind of thick and they're vibrating, but they have some amount of tension to them. Vocal fry is like if I just let loose completely and just let air just kind of bubble through it, creating that uh, kind of sound. One performer who's especially known for vocal fry is Britney Spears. Back in 1998, we heard Britney Spears singing, Oh, baby, baby. But this technique is extremely common across genders. 
For example, in the chorus of Hero by Enrique Iglesias, he fries the start of each line. I can be your hero, baby. I can kiss away the pain. Using vocal fry, some singers can reach incredibly low notes. Vocalist Tim Storms holds the Guinness record for the lowest note produced by a human being, as well as the widest overall vocal range. Here's a bit of that unbelievable low end. But of course, there's more to vocal technique than just hitting high notes and low notes. Singing is also about conveying mood, tone, and emotion. And certain styles of singing were developed to convey extreme emotions, like anger and despair. Take growling, for example. That's a vocal style that was popularized by vocalists like Chuck Schuldiner from the death metal band called, well, Death. To achieve a sound like that, you need some help from some of the other muscles in your neck. So outside of your pair of true vocal cords, there are a couple of muscles. And when you get those guys involved, you get a little bit of that where it sounds a little bit thicker, a little bit gruffer, tends to be used a whole lot more in metal music. The rabbit hole of extreme metal vocals goes pretty deep. From the low guttural tones of death metal bands like Nile... To the mid-range, almost goblin-like delivery of black metal bands like Gorgoroth. To the high-pitched shrieks of symphonic metal bands like Cradle of Filth. Now, when you combine a wide range of very precise vocal techniques into a single performance, you can get some truly mind-blowing results. Here's a piece called Sing a Little Harmony by the beatboxer D'Lo. Will I ever get the chance to speak? So in this specific performance, I think what would be super cool is if we could just see almost like an MRI of all of the things that his throat, his mouth, his tongue, his teeth, everything is doing. And what you would see is an absolute insane view of the crazy machinery that makes up the voice in general. But for me... There's one singing technique I've been fascinated with since I first heard it over 20 years ago. It's called throat singing or overtone singing. And perhaps the most famous tradition in the world is from Tuva, a republic of Russia that borders Mongolia. To understand this incredible vocal style, we spoke to one of its genuine superstars. That's coming up after the break. Twenty Thousand Hertz is sponsored by NetSuite from Oracle. NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. Here's how it works. Let's say you're a boutique headphone company and you need to keep track of invoices and payroll. Well, NetSuite can handle that for you. 
But let's say you land a big contract and need to open a warehouse and order components from overseas. Okay, NetSuite can handle those orders and make sure you always have whatever you need in stock. All right, now your headphones are getting known, so it's time to open an online store. Well, NetSuite can take care of the transactions and the delivery so your customers always get what they want on time. Thanks. So far, 37,000 businesses have signed up for NetSuite by Oracle and got their own custom solution. And we have a special deal for 20,000 Hertz listeners. Right now, you can try NetSuite's key performance indicator checklist absolutely free. It's like a free health checkup for your business. Just head to netsuite.com slash 20K. That's netsuite.com slash 20K to get your own KPI checklist for free. Congratulations to Cat Buck for correctly guessing last episode's mystery sound. That's the sound of a bowerbird imitating children playing. Bowerbirds are native to Australia and Papua New Guinea. These birds have an incredible ability to mimic a huge variety of sounds in their environment. They can recreate the sounds of other birds, wood being chopped, and even a dog bark. And here's this episode's mystery sound. If you know what that sound is, submit your guess to the web address mystery.20k.org. Anyone who guesses it right will be entered to win a super soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirt. Speaking of which, we recently launched our brand new store. We have all the shirts you know and love, plus a bunch of new designs, hoodies, hats, and more. Check it out at 20k.org shop, or tap the link in the show notes. For a couple of fleshy curtains that stop our lungs from filling up with debris, food, twigs, small birds, our vocal cords are surprisingly versatile. They can create everything from head voice to chest voice to falsetto and vocal fry, growling, whistling, screaming, and beyond. But none of these techniques fascinate me quite like the throat singing of Tuva. I am Albert Kuvesen. I am a musician, singer, and the leader of Yatka Band. Albert's band Yatka have been recording and touring globally for over 30 years. We are from Tuva, which is south of Siberia, just on the border with Mongolian People's Republic. When Albert was growing up, Tuva was part of the Soviet Union. And in the USSR, Western pop culture was pretty much banned. When I was young, it was really only Russian language in the radio and on TV too. It was so hard to find other music than offered by Communist Party. To get around this, Albert and his friends started trading records they'd bought on the black market. Cassettes with Western rock music, but also Soviet underground bands. Albert wanted to make his own music, but he didn't have a very encouraging start. I never was a good singer. And even once I was thrown from the school choir because conductor said that I have no good ears and I cannot sing with the other people. But Albert was undeterred. 
Luckily, the school band offered him a new way to make the music he loved. In the school band, mostly we just being a kind of a cover band for Deep Purple. Or Led Zeppelin. Also, some Soviet pop and rock music. <laughs> Nothing new. In the Soviet Union, Tuvan culture was basically ignored. The Tuvan language wasn't typically taught in school. And when Albert studied music in college, he learned about classical music from Europe and Russia. And nothing from our own traditional music. But as a young man, Albert connected with some throat singers who inspired him. I met some guys from countryside who was great singers. And they said I could try myself to one throat singing. And step by step, I just start to repeat their voices. This meant learning the proper technique, which was a very different approach from the Western style he was used to. It is totally opposite. Like, for example, opera singing, they must open the mouth very wide and make a resonator. But in throat singing... We must press muscles of the throat and make in the mouth very narrow hole. With practice, Albert developed his technique. And suddenly I got the sound. There are three broad styles of Tuvan throat singing. Kargara, which is very low, like a growling uh, sound. The second style, Khumei, introduces a subtle whistling overtone on top of the low note. In the third style, Sugut, that higher whistling tone is much more prominent. Albert doesn't sing in this style, so here's a singer from the Alash Ensemble demonstrating it. As Albert developed his throat singing, he realized that these techniques had something unique to offer rock music. I got an idea that, for example, Jimi Hendrix spent a lot of money and time to find effects for guitar. But Albert realized he could make similar tones just using his voice. I just got these effects in my throat. Soon after, Albert founded Yatkar, a band that blends Tuvan throat singing with rock and other influences. (laughs) 
these days when he's not touring or recording, Albert will sometimes just sing those low notes as a way to relax. When he does this, he often sings with his mouth closed. I use uh, my nose holes. And you can feel a vibration in your body, especially in the chest and the head. And it is more like meditation. He especially loves doing this in places with a great natural reverb, like a cave. To me, throat singing feels completely different from any kind of singing I've ever done. Albert told me it's not that difficult to learn. If you can sing like tender baritone, you can easily produce low throat singing style. You need to have good lungs and good physical shape. It's nothing special. And this technique isn't limited to one particular age group or gender. Even young boys and girls, they can do this low style too. Here's an all-female Tuvan group called Tuva Kuzi. Since the fall of the Soviet Union, it's become much easier for people in Tuva to learn these traditions. Throat singing is now taught at music schools for children and in music colleges. In 2003, the Tuvan National Orchestra was founded. Their performances often include multiple throat singers singing in unison. Tiva isn't the only place to have a tradition of throat singing. This is Lama Tashi from Tibet. And this is Noeletti Bizwani from South Africa. Northern Canada has a very different style of throat singing, practiced as a kind of competitive game between women as part of the Inuit culture. This tradition often involves making sounds with the inhalations as well as the exhalations. Here's a demonstration by Inuk performer Tanya Tagak. Tanya is also a recording artist who blends throat singing with industrial and electronic sounds. Here's a clip of her song Retribution. You can do it yourself like lightning because the retribution will be Albert Kuvazin and Tanya Tagak aren't the only ones pushing throat singing in interesting new directions. For example, a Mongolian band called The Who created a song for the game Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, in which they sing in a fictional alien language. There are so many ways that people use their voices to make music and express themselves. But how difficult are these techniques for people with very little vocal training? Well, we decided to put our money where our mouth is, quite literally, and let vocal coach Matt Ramsey put us through our paces. 
That's right, you will hear me sing. And wherever you are, do feel free to sing along. That's coming up after the break. Why is finding a doctor so hard? I end up spending forever Googling the right specialist, reading the reviews, and by the time I actually book an appointment, I feel exhausted. But with ZocDoc, that super complicated process becomes super simple. And that's why I use it. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you. Once you've found one you like, you can instantly book an appointment with them online. You shouldn't have to jump through hoops to get the care you need right away. For me, I'd rather spend that time on better things, like making this podcast. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. Sometimes you can even snag an appointment on the same day. Overall, it's a convenient, straightforward platform that I can recommend. Go to ZocDoc.com 20K and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoccom slash 20k. ZocDoc.com slash 20k. Uh, well, okay, where do you want to start? So why don't we start at the very bottom? Let's just start off with vocal fry. So just pretend like you're just waking up first thing in the morning. You feel a little groggy and you're just going... Uh, 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 another day. Uh, here we <laughs> go again. <laughs> it's another day to be Dallas Taylor. <laughs> cool. Beautiful, gentlemen. It's a beautiful choir of vocal fry. There's our promo right there. <laughs> Good. Now let's uh, make our next stop in the chest voice. So what we want to do is we want to just say a nice, open, ugly, nah, nah, nah. Like you're saying nasty. Nah, nah, nah. There you go. Nah. Uh-huh. Martin? Nah, nah, nah. You got it. You got it. Now, what's interesting about that sound is a lot of people, when they start singing, is they're going to be very, very light. So they might go, na, na, na. But the issue with that is that if you start off, na, 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 kind of light on the bottom, then as you go up higher and those vocal cords aren't closing as effectively, you're going to get even lighter. And it's very, very difficult to get access to those top notes. Sound bad, Matt Ramsey. Vocal coach extraordinaire. (laughs) (laughs) I would just add an addendum. You have to sound bad in order to sound good. There we go. So let's take a look at the head voice now. Why don't we just try going for a nice, easy foo? So starting from a high note foo on the word foo as in food. So high note down. Foo. Right. Now, the reason that you had a break there Uh was because you were starting in falsetto where those vocal cords really weren't closing all that much. And then when you came back to your chest voice at the very end, they snapped together again. And in fact, the break is actually a good thing. It means that you're actually going between the different registers in your voice. But of course, we don't want to stop there. We want to continue to train it until it's almost indistinguishable. That's impossible. That was black magic. (laughs) (laughs) Martin, why don't you try? Where am I starting on this? (laughs) That sounds high. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, let's try to thicken that sound up a little bit and maybe even go towards a little bit more of this kind of belting sound. Now, can you say the word nay as in neighbor? Like, nay! Nay! Ooh, there's a breakup there. Yeah, it nay. is. <clears throat> nay! Ooh, nay! Ah. Nah, I don't think I can go that high. <laughs> That's totally fine. This actually takes a really, really long time for people to learn how to do, to just go from that nay, 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 to that nay, 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 and having that really full sound at the top. Longer than 22 seconds or so, you think? Usually longer than 22 oh, okay. seconds. All right. Yes. Martin, you try now. Nay! Lovely. Do you hear how there wasn't really that big of a break on the way down there? So let's just experiment with belting for a second. Dallas, why don't we try this? Can you go natural? Nah. That pitch? That pitch. Why does it sound so high to me and not very high to you? Nah. Nah. (laughs) You're right on my break. Nah. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So belting happens above the break, typically. Oh, I'm on the break. Natural. There you go. You hear that? Yeah, I do. I do. But you have such a lovely voice. I want to push you even a little bit further, Dallas. You can tell how uncomfortable I am. Thank you for that comment. You're doing great, buddy. You're doing great. So, (laughs) I'm not coddling you, I swear. Natural. Natural. There you go, buddy. Now go. (laughs) Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Natural. Well, let's finish our tour of the different vocal ranges at the very, very top whistle register. Now, this may be very well something that you do or don't have. Some days I have it, some days I don't. We'll see what happens today. So you're waking up first thing in the morning, and then you just kind of go like you're going to stretch, which brings your vocal cords together, and then you just kind of let the note whistle out, like, <laughs> Way to go, Martin. There's nothing. Not a thing. There you go. There you go. There's something there, Dallas. There you go, Dallas. Okay. I can do it. I don't know if I could control that, but I'm sure as a very positive vocal coach, you'll be like, you sure can. <laughs> Okay, so Dallas and I, we probably won't be covering Adam Lopez anytime soon. But while people like him and Tim Storms and Mariah Carey may seem to have an almost superhuman range, it's really important to remember how many hugely influential singers there are whose range is much, much smaller. There is kind of an obsession with expanding vocal range. And I just want to make it very clear that that is not the point of vocal training. The point of vocal training is to sing songs better. So... I think of these different techniques as kind of like colors in your palette as a singer. You know, you can use vocal fry to express emotion. Not the entire song has to be in vocal fry, but if you look at the song I'm Not the Only One by Sam Smith, they sing, You and me, we made a vow For better or for worse So it's just those little tinges of that fry that kind of express that emotionality to it. And the same thing is true for belting. When you're belting for that high note, 
that's designed to elicit an emotion and to express what the singer is feeling. In fact, there are times when quote-unquote bad singing might be the perfect way to express the emotions you're going for. Over the years, there have been plenty of famous singers who have pretty terrible traditional vocal technique, but that doesn't make the music they create any less powerful. You know, this is even more controversial, but I think Bob Dylan's a great singer. They sat together in the park As the evening sky grew dark She looked at him and he felt a spark Tingle to his bones Twas then he felt alone And wished that he'd gone straight I define good singing as people that make me feel something. And whenever I listen to Bob Dylan sing, I feel something, even if it's not great technique. So there's a difference between good technique vocalists and great singers. Well, you just can't really imagine twist and shout and falsetto, can you? It would just like... You can. It'd be a completely different song. Twist and shout. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a bit too polite. (laughs) It's too polite. Yeah, exactly. Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the sound design studios of DeFacto Sound. Find out more at defactosound.com. This episode was written, produced, and reported by Martin Zoltz-Horstwick. It was story edited by Casey Emerling, with help from Grace East. It was sound designed and mixed by Justin Hollis, Joel Boyder, and Brandon Pratt. Thanks to our guests Matt Ramsey and Albert Kuvezin. You can find Matt's online vocal lessons on his YouTube channel, which is Ramsey Voice Studio. And you can hear Albert's band, Yatka, wherever you listen to music. You can find links to both in the show notes. For another great music episode, check out episode 121. It's called Progression Obsession, and it was also written by Martin. It's all about the chord progressions that get used over and over again in popular music. I'm Dallas Taylor. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.